You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Misunderstanding, false doctrine robs us of life's highest pleasure, which is intimacy with God. These obstacles can be overcome through repentance and determination to seek God above all else. Lord, you said seek your face. I'm going to seek your face. Scripture says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. In order to truly love God, we have to crucify our pride and allow God to be God in our lives. Think of a problem you have in your life and ask yourself, is this preventing me from knowing God? It's not always obvious what the problem might be either. In today's message, Pastor Dave speaks about obstacles that prevent us from intimately knowing our Lord and Savior and how to deal with them. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 4 as he continues his message, Have You Lost That Feeling? love you in my own power. Trust me. I can't love you in my own power. I cannot love you in my flesh. But by the power of the Holy Spirit in me, I can love you. I can lay my down my life for you and love you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to have that power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus never asked you to do something that he does not give you the power to do it. He doesn't ask you to do something without giving you power. Therefore, love is what? A decision. Love is a decision we make. Yes, when I make a decision to love, feelings follow. But emotion is not basis of love. In any given situation, we can choose to love regardless of how we feel. Well, they don't love me. Tough. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As he hung on a cruel Roman cross, looking at those who hated him with a vile hatred. That's what love looks like. If we try to love in our own power, our love grows cold and we'll be exhausted, angry, and sad. And I know you felt that way when you tried to love in your own power. If love is a feeling, then that feeling can be fleeting. It can can, not lasting. We can possibly lose that feeling. Hence the title of today. We can be doing all sorts of things for the Lord, but not have love in our hearts. And sadly, your love could have at one time been fervent. It could have been passionate for the Lord. It could have been strong. It could have been powerful. But you didn't continue in that love for somehow, some way, that love has waxed cold. It's gotten habitual and you've backed off and you said, I can't love that way anymore. Maybe you were doing it in your flesh. Maybe you were doing it out of self-needs. It's said by Jesus Christ. In verse two, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found in them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and you have not become weary. Jesus is throwing all these beautiful adjectives out upon them. You guys, you're great. Look at what you've done. Your patience is good. This is what you've done right. You tested everyone you've heard from men, making sure it was the truth. 
We talked about this, how today we desperately need to hear the truth. We need to seek the truth and hear the truth. We need to keep our ears opening. And there is only one truth, and it comes from God's word. We need to be ever vigilant to look at everything through the lens of God's word. He says, you've checked it. You've persevered. You have patience. He said patience twice, so they must have had great patience. You've labored for my namesake. You've done all this in my namesake. You haven't become weary. The Ephesian church continued to do these things, and they never grew weary. Hence, don't grow weary of doing good, it says. They didn't grow weary. They showed a godly perseverance that we should imitate as well. By all outward appearance, they were rock solid. Woo! Yeah, they were a church of churches. They were doing great. So rock solid approach, outreach, protected, integrity of the gospel. They did this. They did that. They were one solid church moving along, moving along. Might be like our church. I heard that. All right, so let's go to verse 4. <laughs> Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Now, Lord... These are not the words any church wants to hear. These are not the words any of us want to hear. You've left your first love. Oh, you've left your first love. You've lost that loving feeling. Nevertheless, I have this against you. It's a sobering word from Jesus. It means despite all you've done, despite all the good things and all the accolades I just laid upon you, I've got this problem with you. You've left your first love. It means all the good that the Ephesian church did did not cancel out the bad that Jesus was about to tell them. Nevertheless, nevertheless, you're here. I'm going to bring you down here. Nevertheless, you left your first love. You left your first love. Despite all the good the Ephesian church did, something was wrong. Something was seriously wrong in the church. They've left, not lost. They left their first love. To them, love was just a feeling. Love was just a feeling, but they lost that loving feeling. They had once loved more than anyone. I love what Gusick says about this quote. The distinction between leaving and losing is important. Something can be lost by accident, but leaving is a deliberate act, though it may not happen suddenly. As well, we, when we lose something, we don't know where to find it. But when we leave something, we know where to find it. I like that. Even though they had left their first love, Everything still looked great from the outside. If you'd attended one of their services, you'd have said, this is a rocking church. I like this place. They're doing great. They're really guarding the truth. But at the same time, you might have this vague feeling that something's uneasy and you can't really pin it down. It wasn't hard for Jesus to see the problem. Jesus looked right into the hearts of the people attending and said, wait a minute. I have this against you. I have this against you. You look marvelous, darling, out there. But to me, you don't look as great. You're beginning to smell a little bit like fish. <laughs> Something's not too good here. Why? What love did they leave? It says you've left your first love. What love did they leave? All right. Was that, how about the love for each other? You can't leave one without leaving the other. You cannot leave one without leaving the other. And that's what John just said. You can't leave one without leaving the other. If you're not loving God, you cannot love each other. If you're not loving each other, it proves you're not loving God. Amen. So when you left your first love, somebody was left behind. Jesus. Amen. Jesus was left behind. They left it. 
They left it. You can't say you love God and not love his family, and you can't really love his family without loving him first. John has pounded that into our heads in the last several weeks that we've studied. The Ephesian church was a working first church. And this can be a problem. Sometimes there's programs and there's all sorts of things that people get involved in. There's outreaches here, outreaches there, people doing all this kind of things, and they eclipse the love of Jesus Christ. They take place of their relationship with Jesus Christ. As a pastor, I have to be very, very careful of this very thing. I have to be careful that the only time I'm in scriptures is to prepare for my study. I need personal time with the Lord. I need personal time with my Lord and Savior through his word that he can show me and share with me, not just what I'm trying to glean to share with you. But as a pastor, you can get, you can get trapped in only opening God's word when you're studying for a message. And that's wrong. I need to be on my knees before the Lord, loving him the best I can so that he can then through me speak to you. People do a lot of things. But are you doing it for the Lord, or are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it to be noticed so you can say, look what I did. Oh, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did that, and oh, they did. Oh, did. have I told you what I've done lately? Ask that person. They'll tell you what I've done. No, no, it's not. What, what is it about? Where, where, why? You've left your first love. They were a doctrinally pure church. They were into holiness. But sometimes the focus on doctrinal purity can make a congregation cold and suspicious and intolerant of diversity. We become legalistic. So what happened? What happened? Somehow the relationship with Jesus changed. There was a definite, sure difference in their relationship with Jesus Christ. It changed somewhere along the way. Things aren't what they used to be. It isn't that we expect that we should have the same excitement all the time, but newness and transition should always just grow into a deeper loving relationship with Christ a deeper loving relationship with him, a stronger relationship with him. But Jesus, in all his graciousness and all his long suffering, he doesn't want them to stay there. He doesn't want them to stay there. This is Paul Harvey. Here comes the end of the story. It's not, here it comes. It says, remember, therefore, from where you fall. And Jesus says, hey, I'm here with you, and I want to bring you back. Remember, therefore, where you've fallen. Remember what you've done. He says, remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Repent and do your first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Wow. 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 The first step in restoration is to remember. 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 Remember where you have fallen. This means Remember what it used to be like when you had that great loving relationship with God. Remember when you just loved Jesus and couldn't wait to read his word in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon. You took it everywhere you went, even into the bathroom. You took it everywhere you went. You couldn't wait to read it and devour it and know Jesus better. Remembering the love you had and shared with each other. In Luke 15, there's a story that we love to point to because it's so poignant. But in Luke 15 and verses 17 through 19, you find the prodigal son wallowing in the pig sty. He's wallowing in the pig sty. And the first step in his restoration, he remembered what it was like back at dad's. He remembered what it was like back at dad's, and it got him out of the pig sty. And it got him to start walking his way back. The first step in the Lord is to try to get back to where we used to be, is to remember, remember what it was like and then he says, repent. And this doesn't mean just feel sorry for what you did. This means godly sorrow. 
It means to change your direction. It means you were once walking away from God. It's now time to change your direction to walk back to God. Move back into his open arms. Remember the father standing on the porch? Welcome home, son. He's waiting for you to get there. He said, do your first works. It means get back to the basics. If you got to go back to Christianity 101, go back to Christianity 101. Repent. Confess. Do the first things you did when you first fell in love with Jesus. There are things that we never grow beyond. What are your first works? Spending time in his word. Coming to prayer. Praying on your own. Fellowshipping with other Christians. Enjoying that fellowship. Telling others about Jesus Christ. Remember how excited you were. How wonderful it was to be born again. You just wanted everybody to know. Didn't care where they were. You wanted them to know about your Jesus. Have you met Jesus? I want to share with you. Look what he did in my life. I was this way, but now I'm not. Mary Magdalene's word in The Chosen. I'm different. Yeah, you are. Get back to that. Jesus warns them. Jesus warns them the direction you're going is wrong, gang. The direction you're going is wrong. And if you don't come back, I'm going to quickly remove my lampstand. He gave them a warning. Unless unless they repented and came back, he would remove their light and his presence from them. Ah, it would just be a shell. Remember we studied on Wednesday night when the temple was open, it was just a shell with four walls before they put the ark representing the presence of the Lord in there. Take Jesus out of the picture and we're just a bunch of people meeting together with no purpose. Ooh. I hear what you're saying, Lord. I hope they're hearing it too. I don't know. I love that. I love So we make a decision to go back to the Lord. And then his light comes back on when we make that decision. I could deal with this. Come on. When you're without him, the lights go out. When you're with him, the lights come back on. That's as simple as that. I don't want him to remove his light from this place. I don't want him to remove his love from this place. Don't worry about it, guys. If they go off again, it doesn't matter. God's love begins with a decision. He decided to love you by sending Jesus to the earth. We decide to love him by accepting that sacrifice on the cross. We make the decision. You can't truly love God until you know him. Until you know him. We accept that eternal gift through Jesus Christ, the gift of life. God gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God that's dwelling in us then begins to produce the traits of God. And we become more God-like. And the first trait is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. God enables enables us through himself to love him as he deserves to be loved. And then as we're loving him, this knowledge grows and grows in the understanding of who he is. We become the characteristics that define him. Wisdom, truth, righteousness, and purity. And we begin to find the opposite of the traits that repulse him. And we spend time with God and our hearts soar with gladness. Our hearts yearn for holiness. Our hearts yearn for satisfaction and more of him. More power, more love, more of you in my life. And we want that. We learn to worship him in spirit and truth. And that allows us to experience the emotions of love. Remember I said you make the decision to the love and the emotions follow. The emotions follow us. But there are obstacles. There are obstacles in us coming back to the Lord. There are obstacles, and one of them is the world. The world has a sinful way, and Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. 
I was talking mainly about money, but the world system, you can't serve the world system and you can't serve God. One of them has to go to the wayside. We can't love the world and love God at the same time. John already told us this. Back in chapter 2, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. The world's passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. The will of God, accepting Jesus Christ into your life, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with every possible thing you have, everything, giving him everything. Lord, I give you everything of my life. It's yours. We need to take these words to heart, church. We need to take what Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus to heart. We don't want to be the church of Ephesus. We don't want to be told, nevertheless, I have something against you. We don't want that. Another obstacle is our mind. Doubt, anger, misunderstanding, false doctrine robs us of life's highest pleasure, which is intimacy with God. These obstacles can be overcome through repentance and determination to seek God above all else. Lord, you said seek your face. I'm going to seek your face. Scripture says if you seek me, you'll find me. If you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. In order to truly love God, we have to crucify our pride. And allow God to be God in our lives. When we humbly recognize that alone, he is worthy of our worship and our love, we abandon everything else and love him completely. When you finally realize the enormity that he did for you on the cross, trying to get you to love him, man, it's so easy to say, yes, Lord, I am yours. I give you everything I am. Maybe, maybe you're like the young apostle John and you're having difficulty You're struggling to love others. Maybe you have grievances against others that have been hanging on for a while and you haven't cleared them up. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been hurt by others. Maybe their words have cut you to the quick. Maybe you have hurt others by talking about them behind their back. Maybe you've spoken evil about people and that has made your love go cold. Forgiveness doesn't have to do with feelings either. Forgiveness is also a decision we make. If we decide to forgive, feelings usually follow. But you might ask, who can choose to forgive after I've been hurt? Look at the way they've hurt me. How do I forgive them? Only by the one living inside you. Only through the Holy Spirit. When you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength, leaving things behind, you realize that we're all sinners. We are all failures according to God's righteousness, according to God's eternal plan. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. There is no one righteous, no, not one. When you realize this, when you realize this, then you realize that Jesus came to earth for you, to die for you. It makes all the difference in the world. And because of that fact alone, God has been so gracious to us When we dwell on that alone, dwelling on his great and everlasting love, the everlasting love that he demonstrated on the cross, the everlasting love that's never going to fade away, it's never going to go away, the love that never sees wrong, always sees right, a love in Jesus Christ that is so pure, so refined, so wonderful, that you get the privilege of calling him father and he calls you son and daughter. A beautiful, beautiful thing. And when we relish that, 
when we just let that love permeate our entire body, then, and only then, I might add, I can walk out and I can go someone who I've wronged and I can say, brother, sister, forgive me. I've done wrong to you. Or someone can come to you and say, forgive me. And you go, in the name of Jesus, I forgive you. I forgive you because Jesus has already forgiven you. And that love permeates the whole building. And people coming in from afar, people looking in from afar, see that love. And I go, oh, how I want that love in my life. How I want to see that love. How I need that love desperately. I want to know that love. And you say, let me introduce you to my friend. He also happens to be my master. He happens to be my savior. And he can be yours too. And his name is Jesus Christ. And you introduce them. Because that's what they want more than anything. They want the love. They want that love. They need that love. They want that sustaining love in their hearts. And they want to know that it's real. Don't just give me mouth versions. I want to see it real. I want to know that it exists. I need that. The world needs it. If there's any time that the world needs this love is right now. You got a political system that is so directly opposing one another that is absolutely horrid that they neither one of them have any interest of America in their heart. They just want to outdo the other. There's so much hate from both sides going back and forth. We need to be different. I love Jesus' words to Peter. Get used to different. Get used to different. We need to be different. When the world looks in at us, they need to know there's something different about them. There's something different about that church. They're not constantly asking us for money. They're not constantly doing this. They're not constantly doing that. You know, they're helping me here, helping me there. And all they want to do is talk about Jesus Christ. There's something different about them. Oh, yes. And I'll tell you again, it's not about getting people to come to Calvary Chapel. That's the Lord's job. It's about getting people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's about them coming and accepting Jesus Christ's sacrifice and becoming born again into a living hope. It's about them getting right with God. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's time. It's time, church. It's time for us to get back to our first love. It's time for us to repent and do our first works. It's time for us to go from being a son or daughter of thunder and go to be a disciple of love. We need to be disciples of love in this world right now, today, during this time. This is what God has called us to do. Read it here for yourselves. God has called us. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And I'll be the first to tell you, gang, it ain't easy. It's not easy. You really need to be loving God with everything you have and allowing the Spirit to lead you into that relationship. Don't be a son of thunder of thunder. Be a disciple of love. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Does your heart tend to ride the turbulent waves of the circumstances you find yourself in? Or are you more of that calm, steady sea that's fairly even and consistent? Well, in this book, John wrote to his readers to grow in their zeal and love for God while refuting those who were teaching false things. There is a steadiness that's encouraged, despite the waves of emotion and turmoil that you may face. 
Having that steadfast focus on God and His promise of eternal life is what can help your heart be at peace and be calm. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time of God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. All you need to know is our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 1 John today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope. Rescue.